as a newborn mother, you are being invited to reinvent yourself. Because when a baby is born, so is a mother. And the birth of a mother can be more intense than childbirth. You'll learn how to find peace and joy in the first 40 days after birth and how your postpartum experience can change your life. Hello and welcome to the Newborn Mothers Podcast. And today I'm interviewing someone who we've known each other online for a long time, Natalie Talatnikov, who is the creator and founder of Better Postpartum. And she has um, a whole bunch of online programs which are available all over the world, um, but is really, really passionate about postpartum education. Um, after, and I think you kind of came to it through a personal experience, if I um, understand. So, Natalie, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. You know I love your work and, and everyone here listening in the newborn mothers community. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Ah, thanks. So um, a little bit about myself. Um, I became a mother five years ago when I gave birth to my first son, um, and I experienced postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, um, which are topics, two topics that I'm very, very passionate about educating mothers about. And it's because I didn't have any education about it. And I found in my work with mothers that really nobody has a lot of education about it. Um, and it's something that I suffered for over a year of my life with, without knowing that I had it and without knowing that I could have done anything differently to help myself through it. Um, so that is really the crux of what I do with Better Postpartum. It's why mm -hmm. I created betterpostpartum.com and the programs there, um, is to really help women learn to recognize the signs and symptoms of what postpartum depression, anxiety, or really any postpartum challenges uh, might look like and how to overcome those so that they can really enjoy a more successful start to their lives with their new babies. Yeah, I think you make such a good point because I've definitely come across a lot of friends and clients who've had the same experience that um, they don't feel uh, like they want to stay in bed all day. They are very much in love with their babies. And then they think, well, it can't be depression that, you know, I don't know what is going on. I just, it must be my fault, you know, but they don't realize that there are actually a range of different, um, you know, mental health challenges that you can face and that most people don't realize depression isn't actually the most uh, common so can you talk a little bit about what the difference between, you know, like the different things people can get and what, what it means and how they'd know and yeah. And what is the most common? What do they look for? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, basically a lot of people have heard the term baby blues um, and that is defined as any symptoms of depression that resolve after two weeks after giving birth because it's very normal for a woman to have, you know, with her natural hormonal fluctuations during that time after giving birth, um, to have moodiness or weepiness or just feel very, very emotional at that time. And so if these feelings last for longer than two weeks, it is then put under the umbrella of being depression. 
And so depression is actually, it, it's interesting. The statistics already show that it's staggering rates. It's very common. It's actually one in five globally. So it's, it's a lesser known statistic. A lot of people hear one in seven, which is tossed around a lot. Um, but globally, we're looking at one in five. And it's very important to remember that that's only the reported cases, right? We have statistics only about people who are self-aware or who have been officially diagnosed. And I know in my experience working with women that it's actually probably much higher than that because, like I said, most people don't recognize when they're going through it. So um, aside from things to look out for, to flag like weepiness, um, and you know, feelings of guilt, lethargy, exhaustion, feeling very overtaxed or overtired or like motherhood is just harder than you expected it to be or you yearn for yourself to be having an easier time. Uh, it could be that you're missing your pre-baby life or your career or longing for more connection or you feel very isolated or alone. Um, there's so many components, which is why it's tough to get a handle on really. Um, and it's also, it's also such a wide um, scope really, you know, ranging from very mild to moderate. And then of course, to more severe cases, the most severe of which being uh, postpartum psychosis, which is extremely rare. Um, and that, unfortunately, is, is the thing that most people think is postpartum depression and think that if they're not, you know, wanting to harm themselves or their babies or run away, um, you know, or having intrusive, delusional, harmful thoughts, then they must have steered clear of postpartum depression. But that's not the case. That's actually postpartum psychosis. Mm, yeah, and psychosis is extremely serious and, and like you said, very rare, yet we don't seem to recognise that, you know, that's like the tip of the iceberg and the underneath there's all these other variations. But what if someone's not feeling those things that you said but they're still not feeling right? For example, I hear a lot of people saying that they're, they can't switch off their brain, they're hypervigilant, they may be extremely uh, worried about things like germs and visitors or their baby getting hurt, um, they can't sleep their heart's racing, you know, like what might that be? Because that's yes. different to depression. It is. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. So those fall under the scope of postpartum anxiety. Those are all um, symptoms of anxiety, like, you know, heart palpitations or worrying or hypervigilance. That's what you would feel if you were anxious. So postpartum anxiety is different from postpartum depression. Um, there was also postpartum OCD which you alluded to when you said, you know, someone who might be um, really compulsive about and, you know, worried about germs or, you know, feeling the need to clean obsessively or, um, you know, check for safety measures obsessively, like making sure that their baby is still breathing <laughs> um, very, very frequently throughout the night, every night. So uh, again, these these things can present themselves and they, they can become, um, you know, obsessive or, or intrusive and affect a mother's quality of life. Yeah, and a lot of people use this postpartum depression or in Australia and England, I think it's more commonly called postnatal depression. But like you said, they associate it with actually with psychosis, but they also use it as a kind of a catch-all umbrella term for all the range of things. But is there a better word? 
Yes. So one of the terms that I prefer to use from my training is a PMAD, sometimes called a PMAD, and that stands for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So it's really an umbrella term for anything and perinatally as well, which is an important point because, you know, we speak so heavily of, you know, these postpartum complications like depression, but there can be onset in pregnancy. So perinatal is the term that also captures um, more of them as well. Mm, It's still a very medicalized term, isn't it? I feel like we might need something a bit more accessible, but I don't know what that actually is. (laughs) I I couldn't agree more. And I think think that there's also such a stigma attached to it because it makes it sound like, you know, oh, a disorder or, you know, even the word uh, depression, you know, I think, or anxiety. I think there's such a stigma attached to all of these words and they are so medicalized and compartmentalized in our brains. And that's why we so easily dismiss some of the signs and symptoms or, you know, or um, find ways to justify ourselves out of them. Because <laughs> I remember personally, for example, um, I used to always, I knew that I was extremely um, moody and weepy and I felt guilty and I, uh, I had insomnia, heart palpitations, all these things, but I, I justified it as, well, you know, I'm a new mother and I, I've barely slept for so long. You know, I'm waking so frequently. Um, I would kind of sweep it under the rug as um, being tied to exhaustion um, or something else. So so yeah, instead of, instead of searching for these justifiers, just being able to have better awareness and education about what we're really experiencing postpartum is important. Yeah, that's right. And having the sort of the deep belief, which a lot of women are lacking, that they are inherently worthy of being happy. They have the right to be happy and healthy. You know, I think a lot of the time women just accept, well, this is how it has to be. It's just it's just hard and, you know, that's how it is. But, but really, if you kind of can tell yourself, you know what, it doesn't actually matter if it's sleep deprivation or a mental health problem, I'm not happy and I need to get some help, you know, and then you can let the experts uh, like help you to unpack what is actually the cause. But either way, you do deserve to be happy, um, you know, so, so if you're not happy, it's always worth reaching out. Yes. I love the way you said that. Thank you so much. And, you know, happy, happy and healthy, you know, I mean, a lot of times people don't realize, but, um, you know, I think a lot of people recognize these problems as being a a mental health issue, um, you know, which of course it is, but we also have to look at whole body health when we're thinking of anything going wrong in the body. I mean, depression is really a very normal response to a chaotic environment. And that means a chaotic internal or external environment. So it could be something that's, you know, going on with you physically. Physical recovery could be difficult and you could be happy, you know, in your role as a nurturer, but you could be suffering from, you know, a traumatic birth experience or a difficult postpartum recovery or any number of other things that could be going wrong in your life at the time that you're a new mother, it could cause postpartum depression. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So what does cause postpartum depression and other mental health challenges? So, you know, like if, if a mum is pregnant or planning a pregnancy, what are some of the risk factors or things that she might need to know about that, you know, the causes, the triggers 
Well, I think it's important to note that um, this is such an intense period of change and the change happens on many levels. So um, if someone is prone to um, being affected by hormonal changes, that alone could be the culprit. Um, it could be the lifestyle change um, of, you know, I mean, many women are, are faced with making some very big changes and decisions in their lives surrounding early motherhood, like um, whether or not to continue their career <laughs> um, where they felt productive or very valued or, you know, other, other things change. Financial situations change. Um, you know, mothers could feel more strapped for cash, having to add someone to the family and, um, you know, absorbing medical bills as well. I mean, there, there are a lot of stressors surrounding the experience. Uh, there are a lot of decisions to make. Um, moms are confronted with a lot of information about, you know, you need this and that thing for the baby registry, or, you know, you should um, do your homework on this and that vaccination. And, and all of this is important, but it's also very overwhelming. Um, mm -hmm. So it kind of creates, you know, this, this major s storm, it, you know, it can be a stressful time when it's so important for it to be a relaxing time when the mother is nurtured, which is what your work is all about. Yeah, so what can they do to, to prevent this? Is there anything that can be done to reduce the risk of, of this? Because, you know, a lot of people kind of are a bit scared about this happening to them, but they kind of bury their head in the sand because they're like, well, either it's not, they just want to believe it's not going to happen to me or they think there's nothing they can do about it. Um, but... I don't think that's true. It's not true. And that's really the heart of the message that I think uh, women like you and I are really trying to get out there and shout from the rooftops is that, you know, of course, first we want to raise awareness so that women know when these things are happening to them um, just so that they, because, you know, awareness, knowledge is power right? If you have the awareness, then you can start to heal. You can seek the help. Um, without that, without that education, um, you're not going to know that anything's wrong and you're going to think that this is just how motherhood feels and you'll just kind of, you know, carry on at, at less than your full capacity um, when you really could be happier and healthier. So um, like you said, there are so many things you can do and, um, you know, some of them, it, it really depends on your signs and symptoms. We, we go into all the details in, in the Better Postpartum program, but there are some signs and symptoms that may indicate that a change in diet would actually help your hormonal balance. Um, there are some foods that you can avoid or some particular foods that you can eat uh, to help your physical recovery um, and help you heal uh, mentally and emotionally as well. Um, there are certain specialists, depending on what challenges you face, um, that many women don't know about that are um, really, really important to helping women all the way to recovery. I mean, a, a lot of women struggle with breastfeeding challenges um, and that become so frustrating or so painful that they really add to feelings of stress or failure or depression. Um, and some women don't know that they can go to lactation consultants or La Leche League or, um, you know, get some donor breast milk or, you know, there's any number of things or, or specialists who can help with that, like a 
your nose and throat doctor who can diagnose and help a tongue tie or a craniosacral massage therapist who can, you know, do some chiropractic, you know, gentle chiropractic adjustments to baby to help improve their latch. Um, so again, um, it really depends on what challenges, particular challenges the mother faces. And that's why the education component is so important because if you know what's going wrong and you know where to go for help, um, then it will lessen the intensity and the duration of your hardship. Yeah. So a lot of the time, actually the mental health problems are a result of genuine challenges and suffering in your environment. You know, it is, it is physically difficult to become a mother. Um, it's emotionally difficult to become a mother. So yeah, the, the more that you can do to get the help and support that you need through that transition, the better, yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah, and we kind of have this belief in our culture, which I think is incorrect, about it just being like hormonal, emotional women and, you know, like that I'll just stop making such a fuss. But, you know, it is genuinely a huge deal to become a mom. And, yes, most women do it. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's not new. But it is hard. I mean, you know, there's not many women who say, oh, that having a baby feeling, that was a walk in the park. So, right. <laughs> you know, just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean that everyone's finding it easy or natural, you know, or that they don't need help. And actually in traditional cultures, they get all the help. Because what you're talking about too sounds a little bit overwhelming. Like if there's someone listening and they have some challenge and, and you just mentioned all the different things they could do. It's really hard to know where to start. So, you know, yeah. it, I think it's it, it kind of we need to take some cultural responsibility too to stop giving women these messages that they're just making a fuss about nothing and start actually saying how, how can I help and, you know, what do we need to do and, and how do we navigate this system to get you the care that you need. And, yes. you know, and I think, you know, obviously that's where doulas come in. <laughs> but having someone there who can kind of say, oh, you know, I, I know a really good craniosacral therapist or I know a really good lactation consultant, I really think you could do with a massage or let me cook you some food, you know, so to take that, weight off the mother's shoulders you know because that's if you're already experiencing depression that's really it's a big ask to be able to navigate all that by yourself correct a hundred percent i mean support system is the one most important factor in a woman's healing or you know avoiding these issues altogether absolutely mm, i mean yeah. I, I love to say my favorite saying is community is immunity. So Ooh, I love that. System, yes, you have, that is what's going to give you immunity from suffering um, from any perinatal mood and anxiety disorders that we talked about. Mm -hmm. I love it. Community is immunity. And if anyone's listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, this all sounds huge and scary. That's all you need to do. Go and connect with yeah. people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I mean that's why we're seeing these staggering rates in our in our society. It really like you said, it is a societal problem and it is because we are siloed and in isolation and and just not being cared for enough and that's why um the work that you do Julia is so needed in the world because it's really combating um what's really at the heart of this issue. We can fix this. Yeah, that's right. And we've got to stop accepting that this is the norm. You know, and I think in the States, you guys have it even worse. I was just reading a, a horrible little Facebook meme saying that I think a quarter of mums in the US go back to work after two weeks. 
and that uh, you do have laws in the US that prevent puppies being separated from their mothers and sold before eight weeks. Mm -hmm. How do we not have those same laws protecting human mothers and babies? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, I saw that as well. And um, it's oh, obviously very, it's, yeah, it's upsetting that that's the reality that um, mothers are so undervalued. Um, but I think that we are really at a very important transitional time in history where that's about to change. And it's very exciting that we get to witness that and be a part of that. Change. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, we were just having a chat before we started recording about the power of the internet um, for in terms of democratizing um, people's voices. So people who were silenced in the past, like women, can now um, share their stories and get, you know, get an idea for the bigger picture. Because in the past, women were so alone and isolated that they wouldn't have realized that 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 wasn't normal or that they could demand more, you know? So I think if anyone's listening and they're feeling like, Oh, you know, I can't ask for help. That would be selfish of me or whatever. It's actually essential of you to create a new blueprint for, for women, you know, and for a whole society, because until we do build this community, you know, we are not going to have any immunity, but not only that, our children are not going to have, the same kind of solid foundations and our families and our whole culture, you know, we, it's like the patriarchy depends on your compliance with these myths that women are worthless and that women's work is worthless and that we should suffer in silence and stop being so emotional. You know, actually, if you want to smash the patriarchy, you're going to have to embrace the fact that you are emotional and that you are a social creature, you know, and that we all need each other. Um, oh my God. Absolutely. Change the world. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I always like to say, you know, change starts with you, you know, so we can sit here and we can conceptualize about, you know, what is needed so that a mother can have a better postpartum. But until you are willing to advocate for yourself and invest in yourself and do those things for yourself, right, then it, it's just propagating the problem. Mm-hmm. We have to demand that that care for ourselves. As yeah, hard as it, it is, <laughs> it, oh, it, it is hard, isn't it? It is hard when you've been conditioned for your whole life, you know. Correct. And, and then you kind of have to find a new way of doing things, particularly because I think you can kind of pretend to be a man and live in a man's world until you have children, and then that really does make you go, "Oh, that's not working for me right now," um, you know. So it, it's a big change. Yes, I mean, we really are forced to unlearn very old and stuck patterns that are keeping us stuck. And it's interesting, I, I hear this from a lot of the women that I work with. Um, they often say that they have so much guilt around asking for help because um, they feel that, you know, it's their responsibility, it's their child, their responsibility. They should be able to do it on their own because they're mother did it on their own or their grandmother did it on their own or, you know, um, they idolize, you know, someone who really toughed it out. And, um, you know, what I always like to point out to the women who share that perspective with me is, you know, maybe that's not, not the right person to idolize. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but what I mean is um, let's consider how that woman actually must have been feeling mm. underneath, right? Underneath all of that weight she was carrying. She was probably feeling 
burdened and stressed and unhappy and um, unhealthy and possibly resentful, right? I mean, yes. who knows? But it, it couldn't... And she had very few choices. I mean, right? women exactly. they couldn't get a divorce. They couldn't yeah. own property. They couldn't yeah. vote. It's not yeah. like she was choosing to parent in that way. There were very little options for her. We have options now. So I agree. You need to redefine, we need to redefine success, don't we? Like, yes. is that really yeah. the success that I want for me and for my family? And is that really the experience that I want for my daughter? Is this how we want to set up the next generation of mothers too? Yes, yes. And what am I, and what am I trying to prove by, you know, killing myself? Really, oh, it's like yeah. a it's like a martyrdom complex. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now you talk about a lot of this stuff inside your your course about m mental programming and things, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, I have. So the the course itself features um, my sitting down and interviewing 16 different experts um, that all share their best care practices and really get into the nitty gritty of a lot of these topics. Um, and, you know, one of them, you know, I have some psychotherapists, uh, spiritual coaches, uh, pleasure coaches that kind of examine this particular topic of, um, like you said, our, our conditioning and, and why we feel stuck in the stories of what motherhood should look like and how we can transcend that to have a healthier experience for, mm -hmm. for ourselves and our families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we live in such a little bubble, don't we? I mean, we might look at the way our mothers or grandmothers did it, but, but actually the way that humans have been living in these nuclear families for the last few generations is extremely unusual. That is not the norm throughout human history and across different cultures, you know. So I think it's often important to kind of like step back and look at the bigger picture and think, where did I get these stories from and are they really useful? Yes, yes. It's so important to let go anything that doesn't serve you. <laughs> mm, mm. Especially fantastic. at this time when, when we can't, especially at this time when we can't carry much more, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, women are at breaking point. Our culture is at breaking point. It, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like the way that we treat women is reflected in the way we treat the environment and the way we treat indigenous people. And, um, you know, the, the, our, whole, our whole earth, the planet earth is at breaking point. So yeah, it's time to change. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your program? It's called Fully Supported Mama and it's available online. Uh, and do you cover a lot of the stuff we've been talking about on this podcast? I do. I absolutely cover all of it in depth um, and more. So it's really fascinating because uh, the Fully Supported Mama course that's available uh, at betterpostpartum.com is actually an eight-week course. And I know that might sound overwhelming, but it was designed to be delivered in bite-sized daily chunks. So it's, it's video-based content that you get emailed daily for eight weeks. And they have um, little bite-sized lessons, like most are just five to 10 minutes a day, um, speaking to all the different professionals that a woman would need to hear from in order to create her own better postpartum experience. Um, so it's really, really beneficial for women to take the program in pregnancy 
to learn how to avoid a lot of these issues together altogether and set themselves up for success. But it's also extremely important and helpful for women who already find that they are experiencing some of these challenges and they want to learn how to alleviate them. Yeah, I love it. And it's never too late. You know, it's often a big problem, isn't it? A, a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I'd known about you when I was still pregnant. It's like, well, if you're still struggling, you know, now is the time. Um, and it sounds like it's kind of helps people to navigate that maze we were talking about. Like, how do you even know when you where to start? You know, like if you've got a particular challenge, it's like you don't even know what kind of expert you need to see or where to find them or anything. So it sounds like you've kind of help to give them a little bit of a map. Exactly. Exactly. It breaks it down. It makes it much simpler and it really just gives women the tools that they need essentially um, mm. to know how to navigate this with greater ease. Yeah, that's great. Good. Do you have anything else you want to add about mental health or um, what you do at Better Postpartum? Well, so since the issue is so complex, I, I will invite anyone who's really interested in learning more about this uh, to follow me on Instagram. The handle is just at Better Postpartum. Uh, we have a really great and active and growing community of women who are basically all sharing their experiences on a whole host of these topics uh, every single day. And we're posting comments and sharing them and, and people are having live conversations. And it's kind of like a free online postpartum support group. Um, so a lot of pregnant women who have seen the page have told me how thankful they are because there was so much that they didn't know. And now they feel more prepared for the experience and what it, what it might entail. And, you know, women who are already postpartum are obviously finding it extremely therapeutic uh, just to know that they're not alone and to also learn things that are really helping them. So I invite everyone to join us at Better Postpartum on Instagram. That's awesome, Natalie. I, you know, I always, when I was pregnant for the first time, all they wanted to do was talk to mothers. I'm like, you know, there's so many people who've experienced this. Where are they? How do I find them? And I, I had my babies quite young, so I was the first of my friends. But I think, um, you know, you really do just want to get a little peep through the window of what's on the other side. It's so hard to imagine being a mum when you're still pregnant for the first time. Um, so, yeah, being able to connect with you and with other mums who are actually living that and, um, you know, and, and especially have all of these resources and, you know, support to share. So... That's awesome. So everyone head over to uh, Better Postpartum on Instagram or also betterpostpartum.com if you want to learn more about the Fully Supported Mama program. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Julia. An absolute pleasure, Natalie. I, it's a, obviously something that we are both very passionate about and I'm surprised it's actually taken us this long to do a podcast together. So it's great to have you here. <laughs> yeah, it was only a matter of time. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Newborn Mothers Podcast. Together, we can change the way that women experience the transformation to motherhood. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Plus, you can join the postpartum renaissance over at www.newbornmothers.com. See you next time.